This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Come along for the ride at 1-800-919-3776. Also via X, formerly Twitter, at Gordon Damer, at Hardesty ESPN, at ESPN NY, 98 underscore 7 FM. Harvey and Joe are riding at the controls here on 98.7 ESPN. Until midnight, hey, Gordon Damer. Hardesty, what's going on, my friend? Everything is good, my friend. Everything is good. Uh, by the way, the students from Cormac High School mm-hmm. and Harborfields High School said hello. That's nice to know. That's good to hear from them. Yes. Is that what they, your day consisted of today? That's what my day consisted of today. Very nice. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. So chatting with the young folks. Now, did the young folks get uh, some valuable information? They did. They reminded me just how old I really am. <laughs> You know, Harvey and, and Joe did that for me before the show got started. We were talking about food. There was a story in the in the post about how McDonald's is changing their, their menu. They're doing some things to improve their burgers. Oh. And I, said, I saw a picture of the fries. I said, oh, man, I could house some of those French fries right now. And Harvey said, oh, I'm a big fan of the Nuggets. I said, yeah, I was never really into the Nuggets because when I was a kid growing up, they didn't have them. Mm. And I think I blew Harvey's mind that there was a time in life where Chicken McNuggets did not exist. Chicken McNuggets did not come into uh, being until uh, 1983. Harvey, there were some things before you. (laughs) I'd like to think so. I just don't want to to believe that one. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Gordon, did did the uh, McRib come up in conversation? It did not. It did not. I'll check that later and feel more depressed. (laughs) Well, we have a Know Your Opponent, Josh Kendall, who covers the uh, Atlanta Falcons for the Athletic, will join us in a couple of minutes. So, Gordon, let's go to work. Let's hit the run. Top stories we're going to be talking about on the show tonight. We begin at Madison Square Garden, where the Knicks made it interesting, Gordon. Made it interesting, but they win over Detroit 118-112. Jalen Brunson, Gordon, 42 points. 42 points. Julius Randle had 29-10. and Detroit has lost their franchise record 16th consecutive game. That is, man, that's got to be brutal to be on that team right now. Brutal. Well, I think you kind of know. I mean, they have a good young player in in Cunningham. Uh, Monty Williams is certainly earning his paycheck now in Detroit. That that very robust paycheck that he got. So um, it's going to be a rough year for them. And they are full-born tank. It was not that long ago Mm. that the Knicks were kind of in that position. But things have turned around for them. Wasn't always pretty tonight, but uh, got a much-needed win. Pulled it out when they needed to. Detroit two and seventeen. Who boy! And it's Not only even just twenty begun. games in. Not even twenty games in. Uh, he may the, the coach may want to put on a uniform, <laughs> go out there and help him out. I'm guessing he probably does. Yeah. At the Barclays Center, I know. I noticed you said that Harvey made you feel bad. Joe was probably not really in the talkative mood after that 129-128 loss to the Hornets. Terry Rozier, 37 points, 13 assists. Uh, Miles uh, Miles Bridges, 23 points. Gordon Hayward, 22. Mark Williams, 12 and 12. This Hornets snapping their two-game losing streak. Gordon without Lamelo Ball and the number two pick Brandon Miller, but Cam Thomas. Return from the sprained ankle, and boy, he was ready to shoot. 26 points in his return in the loss. Yeah, it's a tough one. Uh, look, the, the Nets are – we're going to find out a lot about the Nets. I think this is a growing season for the Nets. There's not really huge expectations of playoffs or a certain amount of wins. It's about kind of discovering what they got and seeing if they can blend that together. And, and sometimes nights like this is part of that process. 
Yeah, no question about it. And you know what? Considering the injuries they've had, they've played well. They're right there. You know, mm -hmm. their record is not bad. So you got some things you can build on, Joe. Hang in there. Hang in there. All right, Harvey, tell me about the Devils and Flyers. Well, this game was me. pretty much back and forth. Essentially, the Devils took a 2-1 to lead into the third period and then penalty after penalty, cough it up for a 3-3 tie into overtime. Luke Hughes, who was banged up, going up against the boards, he had to leave the first period, but then came back and then started the overtime, got into a quick transition. His brother Jack fed him for the game winner, took a bow, three in a row for the Devils now. And so they take down Philly. Thank goodness I needed that one. Yeah, I know you did. I know you did. Islanders outskated Carolina 5-4. And Gordon, speaking of the penalties, how many flags have been in this Thursday night football game? There's been a few. There have been so many that they've actually picked up a couple. <laughs> Just say, hey, you know, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get them down the road. That's fine. <laughs> Lots of laundry, my friend. Lots of laundry in this contest that has Dallas leading Seattle and uh, – you know, uh, uh, Seattle with the Seattle's played well in this game, actually. Gordon, they've they've had Dallas on the ropes a couple of times, mm -hmm. but Gino with uh, interception on this last uh, on their last drive turned things around. So we'll see if Dallas can add some points to the board. Yeah, I, I thought that Gino was starting to fade back to the guy, maybe not the guy he once was, but certainly not the guy he was last year. But he's made some plays in this game, made some plays with his legs, has scored a touchdown on the ground, and. Mm -hmm. uh, and I thought the Seahawks, Dallas has just rolled over people at home. I thought that there was the possibility this could be another one of those performances. And the offenses pretty much held up their end of the bargain. But the defense not getting that pressure on Geno like they need. Yeah, they got to do a better job. They got to do a better job. So we'll talk about all that and some Jets and Giants as well as the Giants are on the bye. But the Jets have the Falcons. And speaking of the Jets and Falcons, you know what, Gordon? I tell you what, we'll step away, come back. We'll, join, we'll be joined by Josh Kendall, Atlanta Falcons reporter for The Athletic, and Know Your Opponent next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. It's time. To know your opponent. It's ESPN New York Tonight. Gordon Damer, Larry Hardesty. We do it every week. We talk to the opponent for the Jets and the Giants. This week, Josh Kendall does a great job covering the Atlanta Falcons for the Athletic. Joins Gordon and myself as we break down the Falcons in their preparation to meet the New York Jets here on Sunday. Josh Kendall, thanks for a couple of minutes. Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer in New York. How are you? Good. How y'all doing? We're doing great, Josh. Uh, let's start out with the quarterback. I know Desmond Ritter uh, missed three games, all losses, before returning Sunday in that win over New Orleans. H how has he matured? How compared to compare him to last season? How has he improved? Well, they're they're asking him to do more things, and he's doing them well some of the time, and he's not doing them well other parts of the time. So what they've really asked him to do this year is expand his game and to be more aggressive and to throw the ball down the field more. And, you know, at times it looks good, and you can see why they're doing it. And at times it doesn't look so good. Threw two more interceptions last week. He's got eight for the season. He's got six fumbles. When it's, when it's going well, when he's able to use his feet, which he's done a lot. I mean, this team is, I think, 3-0 and when he has more than 69 rushes. 
um, it looks good, but there are times it doesn't. So they're still trying to figure out whether Desmond Ritter is their guy, and I'm, I'd say right now it's undecided. How how strong is his grip on that starting job at this point? For the rest of 2023, it's yeah. very strong. He'll he'll okay. start he'll start unless he is injured, because they've got to figure out whether whether they're going to say this or not, and whether Desmond will admit it or not. They got to figure out whether he's the guy for 2024. There's no use in, for this team to play Taylor Heineke any more than they already have, which was two games, middle of the season, basically to allow Ritter a chance to sit down, catch his breath, and reset. Um, but they've made it clear that this is Desmond's show the rest of the world. Josh, what do we take away from Atlanta? I mean, you lost the three games that he didn't play in, but they were all one-score games. Uh, how, how good is this Atlanta team? When they run the ball and get a couple of turnovers on defense, they're not bad. They're a playoff team, which is where they sit right now because of the NFC South. They're, they're the NFC South leaders. They're the fourth seed because of it. But they're still playing with a very thin margin. So, you know, this is absolutely a team that the Jets could beat if it doesn't play well. But if they get a, if, if they're even or plus one in the turnover battle and they can run the ball anything like they did last week, then this, is, this should be a 10-point Atlanta win. Eight-point Atlanta win. Let's don't get crazy. <laughs> <laughs> is Bijan back to being the focal point of the offense now? Yes. I think the focal point of the run game. Mm-hmm. But I think that, you know, we're not talking about, you know, an old-school workhorse back. The focal point of the run game means 16, 17 carries. I think that what you saw last week with a healthy dose of Tyler Algier and Cordero Patterson, who are much different, much more physical runners than than Bijan Robinson is really critical for the way that this team wants to play, which is grind you down with an offensive line that they put a lot of uh, draft capital and capital capital into, and you know be be the dominant team in the fourth quarter. And Bijan, for all of his you know talent, all of all of the sort of you know catch your breath moments that he brings to the game, he's not that type of back. Tyler Algier, Cordell Patterson, those guys are those types of guys. Josh, break down this wide receiving core for us. You know, we had the Jets have a pretty decent secondary. How does this match up? What, what can we expect from the wide receiving core on Sunday? I mean, the, the wide receiving core is Drake London, and then, you know, you just kind of hope with this team. And, and, you know, you hope that Scotty Miller will get you a key catch, and Kaderil Hodge is a veteran who is, you know, making – progress a little bit of progress every week you hope he makes a key catch for you you hope Kyle Pitts can get you one Van Jefferson who they acquired from the Rams has not done much since they brought him over Matt Collins maybe comes back from an ankle injury that's cost him the last two games if he does he's a good contested ball winner down the field um that would help Atlanta's passing game but right now the wide receiving core is Drake London and then let's you know kind of figure it out what has been the issue with Kyle Pitts? Because i got to be honest, Josh, when he was coming out in the draft, I thought this guy, he's going to be a monster. He looks the part. He, you know, all the numbers look good. But it just has not fired. What has been the issue there? Well, he was a monster in, in his rookie season. Led this team in catches, uh, 1,026 yards, the second tight end since Dick. Only tight end, rookie tight end, other than Dick, could have surpassed 1,000 yards. Um, so – he was that guy, although I would argue that he was just as much a wide receiver as he was a tight end as a rookie. Sophomore season, 
They try to make him a more tight end. They try to do more things with him. It was a learning process. Then he's out with the MCL. And this year, frankly, he just has not been healthy. His explosion, explosion, that sort of top end, here's a 6'6 guy who can beat you down the field, who can make explosive plays on the ball, that guy's not back yet. They think he will be back, but he's not yet. Josh Kendall's our guest. He covers the Atlanta Falcons for The Athletic. It's Know Your Opponent on ESPN New York tonight. Hardestine Damer until midnight. Josh, let's go on the defensive side. I mean, Calais Campbell has been around a long time, picked up his 100th career sack. He's a guy that's that you know, he doesn't appear to be slowing down to me, Josh, and with this rotating injury of an offensive line that the Jets have been going through since week one. I bet he's got a little smile on his face heading to the Meadowlands this weekend. Yeah, I think he would like, you know, he's at the stage of his career where, you know, everyone, and he would tell you this, I think every sack could be his last, you know, so he's one who wants that number to go up as high as it can go. But where he's really been dominant with this team, dominant may be a strong word, where he's been the strongest with this team is in his run defense. He's been a really good edge setter on the defensive line of the run game. This is not a dynamic pass rushing team. They'll get a few here and there. You know, Calais is always dangerous. David Onyemata is a really good interior pass rusher, but without Grady Jarrett to help him, you know, he's he's hamstrung a little bit. Bud Dupree, you know, a really physical guy, but his best pass rushing days are behind him. Arnold Libikitti, outside linebacker, second-year kid out of Penn State, is coming on, had another sack last week. He's a guy that might flash a little bit. But this is not a, this is not a group that's, that's super dynamic in the pass rush. Well, uh, the Jets will fix that, Josh. Let me tell you, because Christmas is going to come early. <laughs> it's like every week. It doesn't matter what team. They come away with seven sacks. Just because of the Jets' offensive line issues, if there's going to be somebody who, if you had to predict, would have the big game sack-wise, who would it be? Ibakiti, the number 17 young guy. I think he, Ryan Nielsen has been good for him, the new defensive coordinator who was the Saints defensive line coach for seven for six years before coming to Atlanta. Arnold's a guy they drafted in, uh, early in the second round two years ago that they really expected to develop like this, and, and he's coming on. He's He's got the most juice around the edge. Josh, your safety, uh, Jesse Bates had a big interception last week, leads the team in tackles. What does he mean to the Falcon defense? He's been uh, – I forget, I forget who said it. One of his teammates uh, said it this week. He's an eraser. I think it was Calais, actually, who said he's an eraser. And this defense has needed a guy like that to erase some mistakes, to make critical plays. I mean, they were – the Saints were moving the ball right down the field, back and forth down the field early in that game Sunday, and then Jesse Bates steps in front of one and goes 92 yards for a touchdown and turns around the whole complexion of that game. First game of the year, he picks off Bryce Young two times um, – kind of gets that game started in the Falcons way. So he's been he's been worth every penny they they paid they paid him and I think what they want him to do now beyond just that play on the field is sort of teach this team that's not finished seasons well, that's not been to the playoffs in five seasons, kind of teach them that what the Bengals have done the last three or four years, which is you get better and you make your run at this time of year. Last one, Josh, after this week on the road versus the Jets, you're home for Tampa Bay at Carolina, home for Indy, then at Chicago and a rematch with the Saints. Can the Falcons win this division? Can can you get some wins down the down the road here? I mean, yes. The, the Falcons probably should win this division. They're 3-0 and in the division. They lead it based on tiebreakers. This is not a great – Atlanta is not a great football team. NFC is not a good division. So, I mean, Atlanta right now has got to be the favorite. 
they're not, you know, they're not an overwhelming favorite. Nobody in this division is, but they're in good shape. Josh Kendall, thanks for a couple of minutes. Uh, enjoy the game on Sunday. We'll talk down the line. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Josh. All right, that's Josh Kendall, Atlanta Falcons reporter for The Athletic. And Gordon, boy, I tell you, they're they're battling for the top spot. Atlanta and New Orleans at 5-6 and six on top of the uh, NFC South. Yeah, and I hear what he's saying, that they're not – I think they're bottom five in sacks on the season. That number is going to take a jump almost certainly. If it doesn't take a, if it doesn't take a big jump, then there's something wrong. Yeah. Uh, past experience would yes. tell us that, mm-hmm. you know, unless the Jets are able to run the ball this week. That would be the one thing that might slow them down a little bit because they haven't really been able – you know, we, we, we killed the offensive line for pass protection, but they haven't really been running the ball either. So nope. no, they uh, if they can find a way to run the ball, then maybe, maybe they can, get a, they can uh, put some points on the board and slow that pass rush down. Maybe. Maybe.